0: Your life experience, good or bad, is a gift when you share it with others. At Taxi Chronicles, we allow real riders with real stories to share their gift. So hopefully this episode will intrigue, enhance or inspire you. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Morning, morning, morning. Yes, we're back with another rider, another episode. Today we have a lovely lady. All the way from across the pond and believe it or not, I wouldn't I wouldn't have bet money that she was a New Yorker, but anyway she's gonna tell us about her life in London, why she came here and how she sees this interesting city compared to her own or her old home we should say. Nice to have you here today, she's
1: older. Yeah, you. absolutely. So what brought you to London? What brought me to London? Well, I was studying abroad initially, so I was doing an internship placement, which was quite prestigious, and uh, then I met a man, (laughs) and I fell in love, um, and he kept me in London, so I I ended up coming back and um, to to stay and to be with him and to study here and to, to fall in love with the city. Okay, what were you studying? So, (laughs) I have five degrees, Um, I have three undergraduate degrees in journalism, psychology and international studies and I have a dual masters with distinction in advertising and public relations. Okay,
0: that's that's heavy weight then, (laughs) so your your profession is today?
1: I'm a publicist, yeah, so I I do uh, brand work, brand management, uh, anything and all in between. Okay. Okay,
0: so you've only ever worked in England then?
1: Uh, no, so I, I've, I've been working since I was about 16. So when I was 18, I ran my own marketing company uh, back in New York, um, which was amazing. Learned a lot, was managing offices of probably about 30 staff at 18 years old. Um, then I was studying, so in between studies, I would do work placements. So I worked in Washington, DC, New York City, um, and then of course here in London.
0: How does it compare
1: between the two, culture, work-wise? Uh, culture, work-wise, it's, uh, they're, they're similar, but they're also worlds apart. So I think it's, um, when I first came into the English culture, it's learning how to manage the, the English sense of humor, the English way of life. Um, Americans are very much more outspoken um, and loud and driven. Um, in a, in a very almost uh, abrupt way, whereas with the English you have to d- do it in a, a little bit more of a subtle way and a gentle way, um, so it, it's learning the mannerisms between the two cultures. It's like a dance. Yes, it's, uh, every day is a dance and you get a little bit better.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay, that's, 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 that's good. What would you say that we can learn from our cousins
1: over there? What the English can learn from, from the, the Americans. Americans. Well, so New Yorkers are uh, their own breed of American, but I would say from New Yorkers, it's just to um, go for what you want and be very upfront about it. So the English um, will say things, but they'll, they'll say it in a much quieter mannerism and kind of at the end or in the back. Whereas the you know New Yorkers or Americans, you'll know upfront what you're getting and what you want. So when I first started working in the workforce here, they would say, you're very forward, you're very abrupt, you're... Um, you you just go for it and and that's not how we kind of work culturally here and i think if if the we found a balance between the two it, it would be a really good work environment mm.
0: did it take you a long time to learn to adjust and, and yes how
1: to adjust? <laughs> yes it has taken a lot of uh just incidents i suppose you you know you fall and you get back up you learn how to uh how to navigate through the the new culture but it's you know everybody has also been welcoming it's not that the english aren't welcoming it's just learning how to transition into the new way of life
0: okay Okay, that's interesting what what do you think americans can learn from us
1: a lot um i think the english are and once again i didn't work um so much of my you know, higher level, uh, full-time work has been here in England. So I didn't do full-time positions back in America. They were much more short-term placements, but I think here in England, uh, the culture is also a bit more friendly in, in an opposite way. So we go out to the pubs after work and, and we, you know, we have these friendships within the workspace and in America, I didn't find that as much, um, could it be because I was, you know, not not a full-time employee, potentially, but that could be something that the Americans could could take on. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Have you, have you travelled quite a bit since you've
1: been here? Uh, I've travelled prior to being here, so as a teenager, I used to work for a travel company. Okay. Uh, so I have been to about 30 countries at this point. Uh, when I finished my programme, my initial programme here in England, I went back to America for about a year to finalise my studies. Uh, but prior to going back, I backpacked Europe. So I did an entire month backpacking Europe on my own, uh, which was phenomenal, it was, a, it was a great experience. I highly recommend everybody do it once in their lifetime. Okay. So
0: safety
1: wasn't an issue at any time? Uh, safety's always somewhat of an issue. I think when, when traveling on your own, especially as a female, it's um, putting in these precautions. So having somebody know where, where you're going to be or you're expected to be at time. So I had pre-planned the trip, uh, with the help of my mum at the time, um, so she knew what city I was going to be in, whereabouts, you know, when I should be taking the next train, so she can kind of touch points yeah. with me and and stay with me. Um, it's also just making friends along the way, you know. Never, you're never really alone, even when you're alone. It's just getting to know people. Everybody's a stranger until you meet them. So, uh, when you stay in hostels, you know, being friendly with people, going on group tours, um, you know, exploring, but being conscious of of your surroundings.
0: That's, that's, that's interesting. You must have learned to be a good
1: judge of character. I've always, um, I've always been able to really identify people. I think I, I pick up on energies quite well, uh, but it has helped. Traveling has, has massively helped with once again, just, just seeing people and recognizing mannerisms and going, do I want to participate in that situation? Yes or no. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it has helped.
0: What would you say you've learnt, overall, career and everything, so you've been a successful lady, and you probably still are, um, that you wish you knew when you had started?
1: In career? In everything. In life? Don't take it so seriously. Uh, Nobody gets out alive anyway. (laughs) That's true. So to, uh, to, you know everything's a, a, a learning experience you're never going to be perfect the first time around nobody's perfect so I think for for myself I was always very tough on myself and wanting to you know get to the next stages and and be in the you know be the best at what I was doing and which is fabulous because it's put me in this wonderful place in my life but at the same time to have fun along the way and to understand nobody's perfect and you will learn as you go you are where you're meant to be you you got a lot of degrees A couple <laughs> why, why so many? Um, so once again I think it has to do with this perfectionism thing uh, For me it was if I was going to spend the money Because I, I received a scholarship to a university um, full, full ride And decided to decline it Decided not to go So I went to Penn State University
0: mm-hmm.
1: Which is quite a big school uh, But it also came with a big price tag So for me if I was going to do it I was going to do it um completely so i got my undergraduates there um and the credits basically account your lower level credits can account for multiple degrees so that's your gym credits your basic science credits it's not until you get into your higher level courses that they are specific to to the degree so my final year my senior year because in america we do four years at university um, I took 18 credits, which most of my friends were taking, you know, six credits and, and out at the bars drinking all afternoon. So I did spend a bit more time, um, in the classroom than I did kind of the social aspect. But for me, it was, if I was spending the money, I was going to do it. So I did. I <laughs> hope uh, the degrees out there are very expensive, like a hundred grand. More than that. Uh, probably double that. But uh, well, at least for me, it was. I suppose you got all those
0: credits, those units. or you're doing, this. yeah,
1: okay. Um, sorry. That's all right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nightlife. Well, I know New York's really bustling and nightlife. Yes. What's that like out there? Give us a taste.
1: I I would say it is very similar to London. I so. Once again, I was quite young. So there were certain places I could get into, certain places I couldn't get to, into when I was in New York. Cause I, I moved to London when I was 20. So 21 um, is the legal drinking age in, in America, in New York City. But I, it, it reminds me of, so I would I would go out to um, like New Year's Eve parties and kind of, I would I would go party in the city for big events. And it is very similar to your your Camden's, your Shortages. You know, every every nightclub is is very similar. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think they they have a lot of similarities in that case. What would be your
0: advice to an American or a New Yorker okay. who's coming to London to live?
1: <laughs> to live, um, to, live to live and work. Well, I guess for me, it's, it's a bit laughable now, but just to understand the British a bit and to, to take it all kind of with a grain of salt. Uh, when I, so for example, when I first uh, went into work placement here, my, um, I had a colleague who's absolutely lovely, we're still friends, uh, but she would allow me to call journalists and ask for G off. <laughs> and the reason was it's Jeff in, in English, but we don't have, a, starting with a G, the, the the spelling isn't what we spell it in America so I had no idea I was asking for a Jeff so I kept asking for a G Geoff and they kept hanging up on me and finally when I finished a placement probably six months later in hysterics she she said to me oh, we just enjoyed listening to you try to. And I was like, why would you do this to me? Why would you let me struggle through? Um, you know, I was like, why do we put X's at the end of emails? It baffled me. I said, what are these X's? Why is everybody putting these X's? They're kisses. Um, but it's just these these cultural, these small cultural things that you know, you, you have to just, you, you have to take with a grain of salt. It will, you will learn them. It will come. But don't be embarrassed that you don't know these things. I mean, I nearly showed up with... You know a hundred pairs of wellies and six raincoats do i own a raincoat now no i never use a raincoat but i guess it's your perception of what the english are and what london will be versus what it actually is you tr- do you have quite a few siblings so i'm technically an only child but i have two step siblings so um my mum was remarried when i was um gosh what probably like 17 18 okay. um and i have two a younger um stepbrother and a younger step sister so you've really gone out there and gone and got what you want yeah i mean i've always been that way since i was a little girl though um and and that is probably a very american uh trait of mine if, if you want it go for it you know what's meant to what's meant to find you what's meant to be will be so you have to put the energy towards it
0: mm. what do you think about politics
1: I, I think politics are a very complicated situation. I, um, I'm not somebody who is extremely passionate about politics. I'm more passionate about, um, people and I'm more like who a person is, how they act, how they are as a leader. Um, and similarly with, um, specific topics. So I have very passionate viewpoints on, you know, specific topics and then I let my politics play into that versus picking a party and then shoehorning myself into that party.
0: With with your profession now, one of the things we pride ourselves on this podcast is asking experienced people like yourself Mm. how you got into the profession and what (laughs) it's like. Because when a young person gets in the car, we can always say to them, oh, is that what you're interested in? Listen to episode so-and-so. And they can get a real life and make an informed decision whether it's worth spending uh, 27,000 pounds to study in that profession. So I ask you, the route you took to get into the profession that you are today, is there a quicker way of doing it or a more fish cost effective way?
1: So to be a publicist, you do not need a degree. You do not need a degree. I I think now, being somebody who has five degrees, they're absolutely useless Um, I think I've learned a lot getting a degree. I have, I mean, I've taken neuroscience courses. I've learned about sex and sensuality, you know, I've taken anthropology, I've taken, I have a a wealth of knowledge across many different planes. Is it worth 200,000 pounds? No, it's not. I could have gone into work placement. I could have traveled Europe for six months and gained equal amounts of knowledge, um, and probably been more culturally diverse uh, than I am now. Um, if you're going to become, you know, a lawyer or a doctor, obviously if you're in a specific field, you have to go get the degree. There's, you know, there's certain needs within that, but something like communications to be a publicist, you don't, you don't need the degree. Um, I also fell into my degree. Mm -hmm. I was, I originally wanted to be a journalist actually. And, um, I, so I was taking the journalism courses, um, and just ended up falling. They they gave me this placement in a PR agency here in London, when I had um, applied for this program, and I was dropped into it and fell in love mm-hmm. and absolutely loved it. And PR um, is an industry that's very hard to get into, so I did a lot of. Unfortunately, this is a whole other topic, but a lot of unpaid internships, um, a lot of work placement, uh, a lot of. Emailing people and saying, "Can I help you? Can I work for you?" Uh, just communicating, you know, networking, talking with people. I mean, I used to. So I escorted Diane von Furstenberg at an event in New York, and the whole reason I was given that opportunity was my CEO at the time. I befriended her and said, "I want to get into fashion. I want to work in in fashion. Can you help me?" And she said, "Yeah, I sit on a board with Diane von Furstenberg, amazing designer. Let me let me put you in contact." Uh, so it's it's about just networking really. Yeah, and
0: be willing to do the work.
1: It's hard work. Mm. I will not. There are, you know, if people go into especially fashion. Um I've worked across um you know all kind of criteria of PR. So I've done nonprofit, I've done fashion, I've done um you know big brand consumer beauty, anything. I've dipped my toes in all of it. But a lot of people see like The Sex in the City, Samantha Jones and go it's, you know, it's all fun, it's all glamour, it's all parties. And there is that aspect, but there's also very long weekends. There's sometimes you are working, you know, n- nights, you're always on call, you're always building relationships. It is a, a tough industry as well. It's not just parties. So it is recognizing and, and getting into it, you know, your, your junior years, you, you are sometimes getting coffees, you are sometimes doing things that are not necessarily fun and learning the ropes of the industry because there's a lot to learn. Um, not to deter people. I love it. I love the work I do. I think it can be very impactful, but it's not just parties every day. <laughs> yeah,
0: I understand. It's a lot about dealing with, well, most jobs are about dealing with people.
1: Yeah. As a publicist, you are always, and, and you're dealing with people, not only representing yourself and if you're at an agency or with a brand, you know, the the agency or the brand but also you know the the bigger client so if you're working for a specific brand you are the voice and the tonation of that brand so that's a lot of pressure um to make sure when you're speaking with consumers when you're speaking with journalists when you're speaking um when when you're building out you know um press releases or tone of voice for this brand that you are you are doing it on on their behalf so yeah okay that's that's
0: that's good so in summary you've been a great guest <laughs> thank today. you the characteristics that somebody needs to be a publicist are: you need good with people hard working and willing to work for nothing at the start <laughs> to get to where you need to get to
1: it varies so uh, pr and i did my dissertation on on this slightly so i wrote my dissertation on the lack of inclusivity of disability and, um, and basically diversity in public relations. And, the, um, the industry is now starting to bring on more diverse people, but they are needed. We need people with backgrounds in everything because we then gain better perspective on how to, uh, let, you know, roll out a brand to a wider consumer audience. So you, you do need to, you know, be driven you do need to have certain criteria but don't think just because you aren't the you know ideal or what they would say you know the cookie cutter type of a PR person that doesn't mean you can't do the work you really just have to be passionate about what you do and then and, and then push forward into into working in the industry
0: That would have, I did an interview the other day I can't remember the lady's role but she deals with like marketing and social media Okay. Yeah. and she said they used to have five hundred people um, influencers on their account. Yeah. Now they have seven hundred. Yeah. She deals with a makeup brand. Time okay. Makeup brand. The seven hundred people they're dealing with daily. Yeah. individually to um, mark, you know, put makeup on and do their thing. Got enough followers and not? Yep. A lot of things. So I suppose that work is being done for them. For influencers. It's, no, not for influencers. I mean, for somebody of your position. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you could get as many influencers as possible, then you it's easier to do that work. Do you see what I mean?
1: Yes and no. So so. Influencers are a part of PR. We do work with influencers, but the, so that's a whole nother conversation. Working with influencers, you need to, one, they're, um, they're building relationships with the influencers, but as well, what is the influencer's engagement? What is their, what is their background story? What do they, you know, what do they support? How do they, how does that tie back into the brand? Influencers are, um, kind of their own little niche section of a, of a much wider conversation within PR, Uh, but it's not easy. Influencer marketing is not easy. I will, I will not say in a second that it is. They, um, they really have to know their, you know, their content on the influencer side, how to create content. And then on the marketing side, they have to know how to pick and choose the right people for the right job.
0: Well, thanks a lot for that. No worries. My last question is this, what's the impact you want to have on the
1: world? What is the impact I want to have on the world? there's nothing specific. I just want to do something that makes a long lasting difference. And I think how I'm currently, when I was younger, I thought that was being a celebrity or, you know, doing something big, but in reality, as, as I start to get older, (laughs) another year, um, it, I, I find on a, on a micro scale, it works as well. It's, you know, um, having conversations with, with people in your day to day life and, um, You know, working with those around you uh, that can make a huge difference in the world actually by just helping lift others around you as you lift yourself and working together Um, so that is how I'm currently making an impact on the world. Will I do it at a bigger scale at some point? Potentially, hopefully we will see Well happy birthday! Thank you Thanks a lot for the interview No worries
0: And we wish you well Thank you We hope you liked that Taxi Chronicles interview. Don't forget to share and subscribe to get the latest episode. Ever considered investing in the continent with the fastest growing economies and population on Earth? The same continent that holds 30% of the world's known natural resources. Listen to our sister podcast, Africa Investor Stories, where you hear real investors with real stories from around the world share their experience of investing in Africa. We post Monday and Thursday at 10am British Standard Time.